Insource, don't outsource. Merge virtual teams into your culture to leverage growth. Hey, so I quickly, um, in full disclosure, I've worked or we currently work with, with everybody here. Uh, Brenda obviously works with us as our dental director. Uh, talk about amazing with helping develop SOPs and things like director first impressions. That was actually her idea. But I want them to talk about the current trends that you see today, what's happening in the industry, and, and, and what are some of the new ways in which remote virtual teams could be leveraged? Uh, yeah, that's a big question. I mean, is there any specific question you want me to start with there? Let's go to contestant number two. <laughs> You're no longer in running for the prize, sir. No, I mean, what, what, are the, what are the issues? You've been a part of multiple VSOs, and, and, and what are some of the, those functions that really should be done by virtual remote team members or outsourced? Yeah, I think, I, I guess I'll answer this in a little bit of a different way. One of the unique things that we did, virtual or outsourced, and when I tell people about it, they're kind of surprised, but our 100% of our accounting department was outsourced. Right, our director of accounting, our bookkeeping, our controller, everything was outsourced completely to a different country, right? And so we had our controls set up to make sure that things were secure and set up the way they needed to, but we were able to get all of that done overseas where we weren't paying kind of in uh, onshore prices, right? And so that was kind of one way that we did it differently than I, I don't see a ton of people doing that, but at the same time, the outcome for us was so positive, right? We were able to scale up our team and kind of get the results that we needed to in a way that we wouldn't have been able to with what we could afford onshore. So that was kind of something that we did unique or different that I felt like was really kind of beneficial for our organization. Yeah, I, I would say not, uh, we, we've had a number of organizations who will, who will their upper management may be here, right? right? And they've scaled down below, but now we're starting to see a lot, of, a lot of our teams who are bringing in those controller levels, who are even saying, my gosh, I'm having trouble finding a, a assistant CFO or even a CFO, so, so bringing in those. So I think expanding that a little bit can be good to what could be done uh, offshore as well, right. or nearshore, or, or even remote? <laughs> <laughs> Elliot? Yeah, so, um, you know, obviously we're going to talk more later on today about the challenges that we're all facing, and, and labor inflation, labor availability is, is probably the top of, of everybody's list. Um, and I think uh, as an organization, we've really started to focus on, you know, giving better visibility on those um, staffing percentages and, and productivity and then working with our practice leaders to really help figure out how we can either drive revenue growth to offset that or, or lower expense. And I think when we look at the practice level opportunity, um, anything that's uh, redundant, administrative, something that's repeatable um, is something that, that can be outsourced. And, and um, you know, I know the folks at Blueprint have really kind of gotten down to the point where I think they don't really even need to have more than one person, I think, even sitting in some of their bigger practices, which I think is probably the most effective I've seen, seen it used. But for us, I mean, revenue cycle management, insurance verification, um, call answering, uh, things that drive real ROI and that are measurable. Um, and then on the other side of the house, when we have a, a corporate organization and in times like this, when um, you know there's more pressure on practice level profitability, you start to look at your overall corporate and support expenses. And we also have done and are in the process of really scaling um, uh, accounts payable is now um, uh, fully offshored. Um, we've got uh, uh, junior level accounting and finance functions, some FP&A functions that we've outsourced. And candidly, like the quality of, of the people that we have and their commitment has been, you know, far in excess of our, our expectations. And so I think, you know, really it's, it's, 
it's not like what Kenya, I mean, anything you're doing, um, aside from things that need to be done in person, can really be outsourced in this environment, particularly to your point from the corporate side of things. And I think we're thinking a lot more about, you know, all these different areas where maybe we're paying someone, you know, two to three times what we'd be paying someone offshore, um, and we can get as qualified candidates, if not better candidates, offshore. So really, when you start thinking about um, all of those different functions, there's a tremendous opportunity. And as, as you guys are evolving the the roles, I think, you know, we're evolving the way we're thinking about it because there's not that many ways to cut labor costs, just the reality of it. And you're not going to cut costs of your hygienists and your assistants and your doctors that are driving revenue to your practice. So really the, the addressable pie is really the front office and, and all of those support services. Yeah, and interesting to point that out because when we first started working with uh, Depeche Patel at Blueprint, that was one of his goals. He actually said, I would like to have nobody in my front office. And he said, I realize that's not practical, but he says that was their goal is how could they take their back office and how could they take even some of the front office and, and find a way to outsource that as or as we say, insource. And the reason we use insource, I want to say that you'll hear us use the word insource at our company a lot because we feel like they are inside your operation, a part of your practice, a part of your culture. Um, and so when I, when I talk about that, it's because we, we, like, we view the opportunity to leverage full-time resources not done by an hourly rate, but where they actually are part of your team as well. Uh, Jacob's going to come from a different perspective. Um, Jacob is a Zig Ziglar partner. He does a lot of their marketing and pieces. And I know he utilizes uh, not only offshore, but you utilize a lot of remote teams as well. And talk about how you've integrated that and leveraged that within your business too. Yeah, so I've owned the uh, marketing agency that I have for nine years, and we have been partnered with the uh, Zig Ziglar Corporation for um, that entire time since conception. And uh, we've done some great work with you guys as well. We have 26 team members, and every single one is virtual. Now, we do have uh, most of those are onshore, but we have onshore, nearshore, and, and offshore as well. And the reason why that model has worked so well for us, um, I've actually tried doing the in-person marketing agency twice, and what I ended up finding was it was very hard to find people in a very specific skill set. And so I wanted to, to lean into that a little bit as you were showing your roles to your PowerPoints. You, you can actually find people that are trained at very specific things that that's what they're good at. They're the type of people that are like, man, I can't even believe I'm getting paid to do what I love to do and I'm good at doing it. And so we on our team, we have people that have hired for very specific roles that that's all they want to do. And so we were able to find experts at certain different things and, and check those tasks off the to-do list. And so we have a completely virtual team. It's worked out um, incredibly well. And, uh, and I've enjoyed the journey working alongside Support DDS as well. Brenda, when you, when you hear about all these roles and how they, the different ways implement, Brenda has been involved with numerous onboards and numerous of our clientele and helping them to leverage this. You know, but, but you kind of fast forward to today, you started with us right after COVID actually. But how has that changed in, in the way that, let's call pre-COVID and today, that they're being implemented and utilized and leveraged within the dental practice specific? It's changed in a lot of ways. Like you said, 36% of the phone calls are not going answered. And 66% of those that were unanswered, they won't call your office back again. So people are spending a, quite a lot of money on marketing and they're throwing it away because those new patient phone calls are not being answered or your patients don't feel like they're being attended to. With the outsourcing, your calls will be answered, your patient's needs will be attended to, 
and they're not getting the interruptions from everyone in your office. So the quality goes up. When someone is considering hiring a remote team member for phones, I say, let's do a secret shopper call. Let's call them up. I'll be the patient. Let me see how that call goes. And does that call look like it matches your mission and vision? And if it doesn't, then you need to consider outsourcing that because you're spending money on your brand. This is your reputation. This is everything. So why not put a professional, somebody who that's all they do is answer your phones in that most important role. And I think that's even come farther than what we started with. I mean, when I started with you, almost everyone wanted insurance verification, which is great, but AI has come a long way. So we can call and we can fill in the gaps of all of the AI and the automated systems on insurance verification, and we can use coverage books, payment tables, all that great stuff. But what it comes down to is what can we take off of your in-office team's plate so that they can, your patients can have that experience while they're in your office and still have a wonderful phone experience with somebody that's not being interrupted. Yeah, I, th I think that boils down to someone who is trained to do that specific task, right? Absolutely. And, and uh, many times when we bring somebody in, especially in the front office, we're bringing somebody in who may be doing a multitude of tasks, but if you can have them project specific, if you will, they can do other tasks for you when there's downtime. But I think utilizing them and leveraging them to do multitude things. And Brenda's been phenomenal at being able to develop a training program to where we train them in the different aspects of uh, the dental world, if you will, whether that's recare, reactivations, uh, front office, et cetera. And so that's something I think that you need to look at whatever you're doing with your remote virtual teams is making sure, again, that they're trained because that's definitely a recipe for success. Don't train them. Don't put them into your culture. That's a recipe for disaster, for sure. Uh, Tanner, as you brought, this is for everybody, as you, as you bring remote virtual teams outsourcing in what has been the biggest struggle with the teams inside the office in integration of that in my experience i i i want to re-emphasize you've said this multiple times but i just want to i guess re-emphasize it another time might be the fifth or sixth time we've heard it today but the culture aspect of it really is a super critical part, right? Especially if you've got a team culture where they're used to being in person with each other, there's a lot of just like interaction that you get on the fringes of being together physically that you start building relationships, right? Well, I'll take a person and put them as the only person that's outside in its own culture and in its own space and kind of doing its own thing. It's easy to feel like I'm not a part of this, right? I'm not involved in the day to day. And so those little things, like you're saying, really do go a long way. Like right? if you were to go and give a little bit of a thank you card to somebody in an office, like that's gonna mean something to them, but at the same time, if you give that to someone that's outsourced that you don't talk to every single day, all day, every day, it's gonna mean infinitely more, right? So that cultural aspect of really paying attention to the fact that, hey, you are a part of this team even though you're not physically here, I think that makes a big difference on the outcome of the results that you get, right? People are always gonna be more engaged in something that they feel connected to than when they don't, right? So this is not just a body that you hire. And, and really, I think it's also important to emphasize that this is not somebody where you're hiring them to do their own processes, right? These are your processes. These are your systems. You're just having them do it for you. And so you're training them. It's still your team member. And so making sure that they feel a part of it, I guess, is really kind of the emphasis of 
that's the key to success for outsourcing. And I think that helps your in-office team because now they feel like they're connected mm -hmm. to that remote team member as well. They do truly feel like it's a unified team, which would be the hybrid teams beginning to work. And you get together. to learn a new culture. I mean, that's something I love about outsourcing is I love to get to know like, hey, you just got married and you went through this whole cultural difference thing of like, how do I get engaged? What does the marriage ceremony look like? I love learning about that kind of stuff. And it's so fun to like hear your teams learning about it too. You're like, wow, I didn't even know that that type of stuff existed, right? So it's kind of a fun aspect of adding that part to your culture as yeah, well, diversity. A, a, a funny thing in, in Africa and Zimbabwe specific, they'll get married and so they have to do their traditional wedding, which is they, they call it Lobolo, where they actually meet with the, the family and then they, I mean, they do their, yeah, they do their traditional and then they'll do their Christian wedding, if you will, and they're two totally different separate events. So it's kind of fun to learn and about the, the and cultures. They're completely it's completely different actually. than what we do here. Yeah, completely different. Yeah, completely different. different. Elliot? Yeah, I think it's, um, I, I think just having a remote worker for people that are in the practice, to your point, that are used to looking and touching and, and, and sort of being right next to people is the biggest challenge. And so I think you solve that by creating consistent cadence of communication. Um, you know, and also using video and, 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 and in addition to, you know, obviously phone calls and emails, but just coordinating those regular touch points so that there's, you know, to your point, the ability to make that person feel part of the team, uh, make you feel like there's true accountability around what they're, what they're doing. And, and, and as you mentioned earlier, making sure that, you know, they understand the expectations and that you're managing and giving them uh, feedback and, and holding them accountable for things that, that they want to do. So I think it's just that, that, um, it's easier in corporate, honestly, because for our company, at least, so we have a lot of corporate resources, you know, kind of all across the country, as, as you do. So we're very familiar with how to manage, you know, virtual teams, et cetera. But if we all think back to that transition post-COVID, it takes a little bit of time to kind of have best practices and, and really um, optimize that experience and onboarding and create that cadence of communication. So um, I think that's been the biggest, the biggest challenge. Yeah, and you, you, some of the things that I think about that I do a lot of times, we've got a large team, and uh, many, many times in our teams, in our management, I'll just record a video. I mean, literally, I'll hold my phone up and say, hey, Elliot, man, I just want to thank you. I saw the report you did. That was really incredible. Send it on a WhatsApp, what, send it on an email, whatever format, and that goes a long way. And I'm talking like a 10-second a video, right? This doesn't take a lot of time, but to a team member, especially working remotely, and again, we're talking whether that's onshore, nearshore, offshore, that simple thing goes a long way to creating that culture and creating those hybrid teams. And look, I'm, I'm sitting here talking about things that don't cost money. It might cost you a little bit of your time, but they really go an incredible long way into building that culture and building that team. Jacob? Yeah, so the, the question was posed was, I think, kind of how you're hybriding between uh, in-person and, and virtual. Well, uh, just before COVID, we decided to actually shut down the last office we had, and those team members are still with us. They now can work from home and um, benefits to us as a to me as the business owner too it allowed me to really um, lean into independent contractors as kind of the tax model changed a little bit so our budget changed we we're able to really plan things out um, as to exactly what our expenses are that helped us a lot um, and then what we've been able to do is, is strengthen our culture too by allowing our team um, to, to work when they want so we have front-facing uh, team members is what we have in our business that we would call a leadership team that actually communicate uh, with our clients and they're available during X time, but then the other team members can work around their own personal personal schedules. A lot of these tasks that our business needs done can be done at any time of the day. And uh, as long as it's not, they're not a front facing team member, they can mm -hmm. get the task done 
when it best fits their schedule. And, and that was a way that we've leveraged it and our team has, has really enjoyed that. Um, and that's created an amazing culture as well because we, we are big on, on God, family, and then business. And so we do our very best to, to hold to that um, in that order. Yeah, and you create an amazing culture in that. I see that in your teams from top to bottom as well. Brenda, you, you've been on the side where uh, a, a practice or a DSO has hired some really amazing team members who've gone through the training and they're ready to get started. Where does that butting of the heads work when the, when the, when the in-office team hasn't had the buy-in? Yeah, if you don't have that buy-in, uh, you're going to be looking at sabotage is what it comes down to. And so you have to have the team on board and say three questions to them. When you're considering having somebody remotely, first question you should ask them is, what are you doing now that you either don't like doing or you think you're overqualified for? Might be a waste of your time. Once you get those answers, then you say, if you didn't have to do those things, what could you be doing? And that's where you find out what you thought was getting done that isn't. And normally it's treatment plan follow-up. It could be reactivation. It could be calling on claims. But it's all things that are going to bring you money. So then the third question is, if I took those tasks that you don't like doing or that you're overqualified for and I took them off of your plate so that you could focus on these, what are you willing to do to make sure that the person that takes over those tasks is successful? We want them to look at that remote team member almost as their personal assistant. Yeah. It elevates them up into more of a leadership role that they get to be somewhat in charge of the remote team members to make sure that they're successful. But stress the fact that this is a team, that your remote person and your in-office person are going to work together for the success of the company. Then you won't have as many obstacles or head bunting as you might otherwise. I might just add, add to that because I think it's a good point. I think that when we look at these practices, there are so many important things that we want to happen that nobody's individually accountable for. Right, and there's not enough time in the day, and Mary or whoever's in the front is doing 175 different things. So when you take some of these administrative things out of the practice, you can then actually drive ROI on. You know, reactivation is a great one. Um, you know, typical dental practice: over a third of their patients that are have been in over the past 18 months don't have a future appointment scheduled. Who's accountable for driving? reactivation in the practice? How are you measuring that? So when you start to get the administrative things out of the practice, or if you know you hire someone offshore to focus on some of those things, because sometimes we'll say, hey, we really got to do a better job on reactivation, but the practice has no capacity. So we have centralized resources now that will help to drive reactivation. And it's very easy to see the ROI on that. Um, not only does it come from just that hygiene appointment, it comes from the diagnostics and the dentistry that comes out of that hygiene appointment. So as you think about the things that you really like drive your practice and you if you have to ask yourself like who's accountable and you can't answer that question right away the answer is no one's accountable it's not being done or it's not being done the right way mm -hmm. so i think as you think about outsourcing and you think about that conversation internally um, particularly in our model like we've created uh, incentive structures for you know to align interests in our practice you just show them like you know the why and then the potential impact this can have on the health of the practice, the health of your patients. And honestly, we haven't had really any pushback because everyone gets it. They're like, man, I don't want to do 
verification. Get that out of here, and then they'd much rather do things that are patient-facing. So mm -hmm. I think it really gives that chance to create better systems of accountability. And what we found in, in our corporate organization or in practices, if we have one person waking up every day focused on one thing, they do a hell of a lot better job than if they're doing 55 different things. And so I think as you think about your, your own business and, and the things you're trying to drive, you know, you can go either way. You can outsource administrative or you can outsource that function, but having true accountability around that is, is critical. Yeah, I, and we say that all the time. We say leverage these teams and elevate your internal team because I really believe that's what happens when you elevate, uh, when, you, when you leverage those remote teams, you can then in turn elevate your existing team. So takeaways out of this, overworked turns into work-life balance. Use the hybrid teams to take the load off. Fair pay, reduce overhead with hybrid teams and allocate to level up your in-house team. Positive workforce and culture, we've mentioned that. A quick thing, I love, if you don't know who Jimmy Valvano is, uh, I was kind of in that age where I was graduating when, when uh, North Carolina State won the national championship in 1983, and, and this was so cool. He used to say uh, once a week they had a practice of cutting down the nets, and they said we're practicing winning the national championship. So again, creating that culture, what's a win-win for your team, and what are ways you can do it, and then united by vision and motivated by the mission. But those are different things you can use this to take away, to elevate, integrate, and leverage those remote virtual teams in your workforce. And there's no doubt if it's done right, if they're trained right, integrated into your culture, treat them as part of your team, it's a success from start to finish. We've seen that, we see that on a regular basis with a lot of the people. If you have questions, there's my email, jwsupportdds.com. I'm happy to email uh, all of this if you like, I, the, the success tips, the, 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 the report I mentioned, I'm happy to send it to you, it's pretty, uh, amazing. So in closing, I would say, go be amazing. <laughs> Thank you all. We appreciate it.